It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome in to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the Boston Bruins 2-1 in overtime. Alex Petrangelo, the overtime hero, and the Vegas Golden Knights improved to 24-13-5, 53 points on the year. To help us break this one down, we go back up to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knight, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan? A wildly entertaining 2-1 hockey game, and I think it's safe to say Logan Thompson's best performance of the year. I think so. And uh, Ryan, it's Bruce Cassidy just stepping to the podium now, if you'd like to go to him. All right, let's go down to Bruce Cassidy as he addresses the media. <laughs> been playing the last couple of weeks. Well, the one thing I wanted to say, Danny, before we get, we get going is I wanted to um, tip my hat to Bill Belichick uh, for a great tenure in New England. I know we're not, uh, you know, the New England area, but he, he was a, he's a friend of mine and uh, heard the news today. So congrats, Bill, on an outstanding run. I uh, wish you all the best going forward. Um, Listen, it's a test when you lose top guys. We know that. And we have some out right now. So when they went down, part of what goes through everyone's head is probably like, what next? I mean, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, they came back, right? You got to keep playing. Our guys did a terrific job with that. We kept playing. Other guys get some opportunity. I've said that about every injury. Like, one door closes in some instances. These ones didn't, but for a few minutes. Another one opens. And... At every position this year, we've lost key guys, and that's what it's going to take to, to keep us moving forward. You're going to have opportunity for other people to be the best versions of themselves. They're not going to replace high-end players, but they have an opportunity. So that's the way you look at it in game two. All of a sudden, you know, Ronnie's out there a little bit more, and, and guys are maybe getting more regular turns than they wouldn't otherwise. So good for them, you know. Um, and then you can't say enough about the decor, right? They've got to button down and understand that, you know, some of the high-end offensive guys aren't there, so this might be one of those low-event games where we got to be real careful, one mistake. So I thought our deep, you know, dug in, played hard all night. Um, you know, Petro and Marty, you know, veteran guys on a back-to-back, played tough minutes against, you know, a top line every, every all night, and good for Petro for getting the winner, for getting rewarded in an offensive situation for guys, that, and Marty for his play in the power play, for playing such solid defense. So, I mean, that's, you know, that was really key for us. And then <clears throat> it's it's timely saves, right, too, when these guys go out. You also, the goalie also knows, like, I, I you know, like, if these guys are gone, that's some of our high-end offensive talent. I, it might be one of those nights I got to be. And Logan did a terrific job all night, no matter who was in there. But specifically in those situations, you got to rise up, and and he did. But it's great to see those guys. The update is they both came back. Um, it's been a funky year with injuries, so I, I, I'm going to say, I, you know, tomorrow's an off day that they should be good to go Saturday. I'm assuming, but let's let's see how they are. But uh, it was great to see them back, Chris. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's a hard-fought win against a really good team, so how can you guys build on this going forward and keep the momentum going? Well, identity game for us in terms of hard to play against. I think the Bruins would say that, and, and they were hard to play against. So you got your, yourself a playoff-type battle. And I think the more in the, we're in those games, the, the better it'll, it'll bring the best out of us, getting dragged into the fight, so to speak. And I think we need these games to sort of compete hard and, and and get saves and win the special team battle. Although those are some things we're going to look at, right? How we've lost lately has been special teams tonight. We were the better better of the, the two teams on that. 
and it matters. Um, and hopefully the guys kind of lick their wounds tomorrow because it was a physical game as it was up in Colorado and, and, and sort of say this is what it's going to take for us until our, our goal scoring comes. That's what happened last year. It happened last year. We couldn't tough time scoring. We got out of it the coming out of the um, the All Star break and the the offense starts coming because it's in that room. Let's face it. Some guys are just having a tough time right now. So you got to be able to win games in these two to one manners. And we didn't do that in Colorado, which we need to do better tonight. We did. Paul. Paul Del Santos, NHL.com. Bruce, do you feel that your top players have produced in the stretch? And if they did, if they haven't, have, did they produce tonight to kind of get you guys going a little bit today? Well, I mean, we got shut out in Colorado, so nobody produced top, middle, or bottom. Uh, same with Winter Classic. Florida at home, we only got one. So some of our top guys, as I said, have been struggling for whatever reason. Sometimes I think Marcia, so for example, is getting lots of chances. It's just not finishing. So stay with it, Marcia. You know, when the puck finds it, that's the positive part. The other guys, when the puck's not finding you, then you got you know you obviously have to change a little bit of what you're doing so it does find you. Um, so so the, the, we've got guys in both those categories. But you know, Jack scored a big goal tonight. He got two against the Islanders, so you know he's finding his offense. Petro had been a while, so good for him. Maybe this will get the ball rolling. You know, he'll kind of. Loosen up offensively a little bit because um, he, you know, he's typically scored a little more. You know, as a D-man, but in general, yeah, we need a little more scoring for sure. Um, we know that, <clears throat> and you know, when you when you don't got it, you got to find ways to win. And rarely do that too. Ken, Ken Bolke, Sinman, Vegas. Can you kind of walk us through what happened with Aiden yesterday? We weren't up there. And then what's the status on him right now? Uh, Aiden went out for morning skate. Um, he was medically cleared, as I said, I believe Monday or Tuesday when we hit the ice. We had one of those days off, right? Or Sunday. And uh, as I said, he would start Wednesday or Thursday. Logan was scheduled. We were going to start Logan Wednesday. That was the decision. Leave Aiden behind and start him Thursday. Give him that extra day of rest, not travel. Logan got sick, so we changed the plan. No big deal. Uh, Aiden uh, had been cleared to play. He got on the ice, did not feel 100%. And... So it's a, it's a quick decision. Uh, the medical team uh, examines him again. He's not ready to play. He's not playing. It's that simple. Um, you know, the player has to feel 100% comfortable. He's not right now. So he won't play until he says to us, I'm, I'm, I feel better and I'm ready and I, I feel I can get through the rigors of the game. Um, so the medical team does their part in terms of timelines and testing, but the player still has to feel 100%. So that was that. And then... Um, what was the other, was that it? The, uh, the, that, that was the whole timeline. So we got back uh, this morning and we felt maybe um, Aiden would be ready to go today. Doubted it, but maybe he feels better. Um, did not feel good going on the ice. Logan's feeling better yesterday. So we knew we had, he would be able to start. So we had our choices there. Patera, you know, it was a little sore from yesterday, so that's where Seville came in. And we don't want a goalie backing up that we have to put in the game if he's not, you know, feeling like he can help us, right? Like, so that is the whole timeline of the four goaltending situations, or the four goaltenders. And let's hope it, it's four and we don't get into a fifth conversation here. But so I can't tell you if Aiden will be ready to play on Saturday. Uh, tomorrow's a day off. When he tells us he's ready, then. You know, we'll, we'll do our best to get him in the net and if somebody's had, you know, the, the appropriate practice. <clears throat> Jesse. 
Jesse Granger at The Athletic. You mentioned the importance of trying to win defensive games and the scoring isn't there, and Jack mentioned that he thought the focus was the structure, and they thought they did a good job with that. Just from your perspective, how good was the structure tonight? It was excellent. They had a push in the third period and got a goal as a result. We could have managed the puck better on a faceoff. We did a great job with it all night on our exits. That one, I think we missed a, a better play, but a wall battle ensues and they get it to the net and it goes in off our guy. So, I mean, it's a, it's a bit fortunate, but good for them for directing the puck on the net, right? So, but our structure was excellent. I didn't see a lot of odd man rushes. I didn't see a lot of breakdowns through the neutral zone. D zone, they had a couple of quick hitters in the second period, right? Our D got off on the wrong side of the post. It's going to happen. They made some quick plays, got the saves. They had a couple of one-on-one -on -one plays. I mean, that's world-class player Pasenak early on, makes a one-on-one -on -one move. I think Zach or someone had one later. So those are going to happen in the course of a game. Um, but I thought in general our, our PK was very good. There wasn't those breakdowns we had in Colorado where net front's wide open or an easy scene. We made them work for their shots. Um, predictable, uh, you know, Pasternak from the elbow. At least it came from the middle, so Logan's not moving way across the crease. So I thought it was good. Uh, you know, this morning we talked about our identity. If we want to get going again, who are we? We want to be the Vegas Golden Knights. Who, who, what is that? It's it's obviously being a team. It's it's hard to play against. It's creative and, and offensive skill, and the situation dictates it's smart. I thought our discipline was good. So I think we checked a lot of those boxes. Unfortunately, we didn't finish some plays I thought we could have. Nah, their goal is good too, you know. So um, I thought it was a very well goaltended game. <clears throat> Jim. Jim McBride, Boston Globe. Uh, a little off topic here, Coach, but I know you had a close relationship with Bill Belichick, and I'm wondering if you could relay uh, maybe something you learned from him. Um, well, I did say earlier, I, you know, I, I really respect and admired his tenure with the Patriots. What I learned from him, we talked at length before the Stanley Cup final in, uh, against St. Louis about not about individual players. It was about the details of the game, the grind of the game, uh, coaching through those. And we're going through one now, and probably so is Boston with some injuries to Bruins. So it was a lot about not beating yourself. He talked about the line of scrimmage and, and, and then protecting the football, taking care of the football. That's puck management to me. Obviously, there's more turnovers in hockey simply because of the back and forth nature of the game, but making good decisions. So that, those were a lot of the conversations we had. How do you coach those things into players? Because they're not fun to coach. It's not, you know, here, let's throw a long bomb or, you know what I mean? It's, it's you know, doing your job as the T-shirts are so famously known for in New England when they won, I don't know which Super Bowl, but so those are the things we discussed and I took a lot from him. Um, he was good to me as a young coach there. Um, our, our relationship grew over the years because I got to know him better and I had more tenure there. So like I said, I wish him all the best wherever he lands. There is an opening in, uh, in Vegas. Um, I love the job the coach uh, Pierce did there too, but I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with three last ones, Tim, and then we'll go to Matt. Yes. <clears throat> we'll start with Matt. Uh, Matt Raftery talked that talk. How much more special is this one for you, knowing it's against a former team? Well, I love to beat the Bruins, and I didn't have the opportunity to do it till uh, uh, till last year. Um, big piece of my, my heart will always be with, with that organization. I got friends on the other team. I'm going to go talk to a few of their coaches as soon as we come out of here. Uh, but it's always nice to, to beat a team that lets you go. I think any coach would tell you that after they've been in a certain place, a uh, player that moves on. So um, they're always nice.
They're great. All three have been real good games. They got our number here last year. I think it was 1-1 in the third. It was a real good game. Today we were able to get the make make the, uh, the you know the winning play. So. Uh, Bruce, uh, uh, Brad Martian just moved into fifth place on the franchise's all-time uh, scoring list. Uh, during your time here, as he de- in Boston, rather, as he developed into such a leader, what stood out to you as he also tried to shed his reputation along the way? Uh, well, I think his evolution as a person. Um, I had him as a young player in Providence, and Brad was always, always, always the hardest-working guy on the ice. You knew you were always going to get the maximum effort. But his discipline and his um, ability to be a, a supportive teammate, some of those things took a while for him to come around because he was a really intense individual. So you had to dial over the years. And then when I got to be the head coach in Boston, we were able to communicate and we had a real good relationship. It was well documented. He came over to the house one day in the off season. We had to sit down and about his legacy. What does he want it to be? Because he was becoming an elite player. Hockey, Canada, Olympic gold, Stanley Cup with the Bruins. And, you know, to calm some of that, to temper some of that emotion away from the undisciplined into channeling it into a positive. And, you know, there's certain coaches that can help you with that on the bench in the moment. How can you take a deep breath and, you know, get your focus on the next shift? We talked about that a lot. I think Patrice Bergeron helped him enormously, him and both Pasternak, becoming elite players and elite leaders. Uh, So he learned from the best with him and Z. Uh, but I enjoyed my time with Brad. Uh, great to see his growth as a fourth-line guy coming in to really a truly elite offensive player and a full 200-foot player and a winner. So hat, my hat goes off to him and the work he's put in. Um, happy for, for Brad. Uh, those are the rewarding things for me as a coach as you get through the years that you, when you see players grow as both uh, players uh, husbands in this case and, and and fathers and like I said very happy for Brad I'm extremely happy he didn't go off on us tonight um, we, I think we did a good job against him but like I said I'm always rooting for him last one from Chris hey coach Chris Golick Vegas Hockey now can you talk about the leadership's role in getting the team through the circumstances of the difficult schedule in the start of the season all the injuries as of late and then watching two key players miss moments of tonight's game how is the leadership getting the team through these moments right now? Well, I I think they keep the rest of the group in a good place and grounded. Like tonight, I think think Petro and Marty deserve a lot of credit as the the top dogs on on D against a really good offensive team and keeping our team focused on the task at hand, playing the game in front of you. Um, And, you know, it starts there. I, I think Jack scoring big goals... I think Jack bringing his game every night, 200-foot game. He's contributing on the penalty kill night after night after night. And I'd put Carly in that category. Unfortunately, he's injured right now, but he's definitely one of our leaders. So, And I could go th- through a few more guys, but those are the guys with the letters. And Stoney, obviously, right? He stayed healthy, so he's done whatever he's had to do to keep his game at an elite level after being through two serious injuries. And listen, knock on wood, because it's year three, and... Uh, it was around this time things didn't go so well, but he looks great. Um, he's contributing every night. He's trying to keep his intensity up with the, with this group to keep pushing, and but still keep them, uh, a, you know, a calm demeanor so that you can play through the ups and downs. So, and we're going through some downs right now. There's no doubt about it. So this is a good win against a, a really really good hockey team. But I like the way we won. We gutted it out. It's, it's playoff style hockey out there, and we didn't buckle. And um, you know, they deserve a lot of credit. <clears throat> Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Day off tomorrow. 
That was head coach Bruce Cassidy, a wide-ranging media availability. Let's go back to the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan? We, we were talking about Logan Thompson, his performance tonight. Uh, just if, if you wanted to expand on that one. Right. Well, given the uh, unpredictability of the not only you know goaltender performances, but the goaltender availability, as you and I discussed after the game last night, Ryan, yeah. who would have known that you'd have somebody at 100%. I mean, if Logan was so ill that he couldn't even travel to Colorado, you're wondering, you know, how's he going to be today? Well, he was downright terrific. Yeah. Absolutely terrific. This is not just one of Logan's best games of the year. This is one of the best goaltending performances of any night this year, and Hill has a couple of shutouts. So um, th- this was just a really solid game, and, and you heard Bruce Cassidy talk about the play in front, and he used the term excellent mm-hmm. to describe the structure and Martinez and Petrangelo lead the way in that department and playing against some of the very best Bruins offensive players. You heard talk about Brad Marchand, who's stuck on 899 points, thought he had an assist last game. They took it away. Pasternak, of course, having another great year. So, et cetera, et cetera. It, it to me, was uh, really a, a shot in the arm from the Knights goaltending department, which, you know, over the course of last season had its ups and downs with a variety of different contributors as well. But this is this is a timely opportunity for Logan Thompson uh, that you're going to have. You know, like what if, um, let's say, you know, Patera was very good yesterday, but what if he had kept Colorado off the board until the final minutes of the third period? And you know how that game might have turned out a little bit differently. You know, only one goal against today. The last time, Ryan, that Vegas kept an opponent to one goal, it was against the Dallas Stars. The six wow. to one win back in early December. It's it's just been unlike the Knights to have as many games in which they surrender as many goals. That's why they're not winning as much. Um, in you know a lot of stretches in the past, you know they they don't win games, but it's because they're not scoring enough. You know here of late, you know they've just given up more goals than typical. They have they started the day with the eighth best goals against average in the league which is good, but they had been number two. So um, today is just a a terrific performance in and of itself. But I think in the goaltending department, it's a shot in the arm. Every department, so to speak, wants to contribute to the overall team success. This is a big win for the department. And then just the confidence for the team to have faith in the goaltenders. We talked about this, just the psychology of you thought that Hill was coming back and that he doesn't come back. And, you know, that just maybe sucks a little bit of air out. And uh, they got Logan to play well today. And who knows who will be go on Saturday. (laughs) But um, if it's Logan Thompson, you know that he's got to feel great about what he did today. Yeah, you're right on the money there, and we'll worry about goaltending and Saturday for Saturday, but uh, for tonight, we're going to enjoy this one. Great stuff as always, Dan. Enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll chat on Saturday. Thanks, Ryan. Good night. That's the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 2-1 victory in overtime for the Vegas Golden Knights. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the Boston Bruins 2-1 in overtime. The postgame injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Bruce Cassidy, after the game, kind of walked us through the, the timeline or, or what has gone on with Aiden Hill the last couple of days. Just said yesterday, morning skate, Aiden Hill didn't feel ready to play, so he didn't play. And until he's ready to go, then he's not going to play. And that's really what it boils down to. In this game tonight, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone left the game, both of them, in the second period. The Golden Knights simplified. Eichel came back before the end of the second period. Mark Stone came back to start the third period. So... The expectation is for Bruce Cassidy, the Vegas Golden Knights, moving forward, that both of those guys should be available Saturday night here inside T-Mobile Arena when they take on the Calgary Flames. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go back to the first period, and you know what? It was one of those games where you know I said goaltending shouldn't be the story, and, and usually whenever I say things like that, it, it comes back to bite me. And, and goaltending was the story in this game, and it started early with Logan Thompson dialed in in the first. Thompson staying deep in the net, centering pass, saved by Thompson, right out in front, it's a loose puck, and once again Thompson holds his ground, Jake DeBrusque on the doorstep, could not get it through Logan Thompson. So Logan Thompson, phenomenal all game long, he got the party started early there on Jake DeBrusque in the first period, no scoring in this game until the third period, it took time to get there, but the Golden Knights finally break through on the power play as Jack Eichel scored his 19th goal of the year. Gets the pass, Barbashev up top, Marcheseau shoots, tipped in! Jack Eichel scores! Power play goal! Vegas takes a 1-0 lead! Marcheseau to Eichel through Swayman, and the first goal of the contest comes 47 minutes into the game. Jack Eichel from Jonathan Marcheseau and Alec Martinez. 7-0-1 of the third period makes it one to nothing. Vegas, a power play goal. And then, shortly thereafter, Logan Thompson makes a huge stop to keep the Bruins off the board. Bruins coming out left to right into the Vegas end. Here is Paul Cotter curling back. Oh, look out. Lost the puck. Saved by Thompson. Near disaster for Vegas. Thompson bails out Cotter. And now Paul comes through center, guides the puck into the Bruins zone. Puck kind of jumps on Paul Cotter. It goes right to a Bruin in front, and Logan Thompson, a big-time stop in the context of the game. But the Bruins would answer back as Matt Grizzlick's point shot gets through. McNabb had a cut off by Frederick to the left for a shot. Score! From the left side, thrown toward the net by Grizzlick. And it is Grizzlick's goal to tie it 1-1. Matt Grizzlick, his second of the year from Trent Frederick. 12-18 of the third period made it 1-1. But after the Bruins tied the game, the Golden Knights put together a strong push, and Jeremy Swayman put together his best save of the night on Ivan Barbashev. Stone there, sets up Petrangelo, shooting save, rebound Barbashev, oh, a kick save, loose in the crease, Swayman on top of it, oh my goodness, you have got to be kidding. So all knotted up at one. We'd head to overtime. Both goaltenders playing fantastic hockey. But the Golden Knights would win the faceoff in overtime and never let the puck go as Mark Stone set up Alex Petrangelo's game-winning goal. Stone works around Pasternak. Enters the zone. Two on one. Stone on the left. Waits. Centers. Petrangelo scores! Boston 1. 
Alex Petrangelo's second goal of the year from Mark Stone and Jack Eichel, 46 seconds into overtime, gives the Golden Knights a 2-1 victory. And with tonight's Golden Knights win, you win as well. Enjoy 31% off menu price pizzas at Pizza Hut tomorrow using the code VGKWINS at PizzaHut.com. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here on the VGK postgame show, the Golden Knights defeat the Boston Bruins 2-1 in overtime. Vegas 24, 13-5, and 53 points on the year. Next in action, Saturday, 7 o'clock, against the Calgary Flames. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. What a game. Let me tell you, it was as entertaining a 2-1 hockey game as you're ever going to find in the National Hockey League. Both teams had their looks. I thought the Golden Knights defended well, got back to their identity to a degree. And then obviously when you lose Jack Eichel and Mark Stone in the second period, it feels dire. Both guys return to the game and both guys instrumental in the Golden Knights getting two points tonight. Eichel with the power play goal in the third period and Mark Stone setting up the game winner for Alex Petrangelo. Can they build on this? Time will tell. It does feel, at least to me, a little bit different this time around. That's going to do it for us here on the VGK Postgame Show. Extended Postgame Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network Postgame Show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Boston Bruins 2-1 in overtime. Vegas 24, 13, and 5, 53 points on the year. Six back of the Vancouver Canucks, who won again today for top spot in the Pacific Division. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. This is the third time now that we're doing this. It felt like after the Kings game, the Golden Knights were back. Didn't happen that way. It felt like after the game against the New York Islanders, the Golden Knights were back. It didn't work out that way. So I guess the big question here, as I open up the phone lines to you, you can text us, but it's a big win. Call in. Like, so many times everyone's asking for wins like this from the Golden Knights, right? Structurally sound. X's and O's were there. Last night, there was a lot of, questioning in terms of intensity desire whatever you know whatever you want to put on it this was a golden knight win in which they showed you how well they can play 
again behind the eight ball, again dealing with injuries, again dealing with adversity, and they come through on the other side. So I want to hear from you again tonight. 702-876-1340. Does it feel like the Golden Knights are trending in the right direction after this win? Will it stick? Can they build on this? Time will tell, I know, but where are you at right now with the Golden Knights? 702-876-1340. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, I, I say this with tongue firmly pressed in cheek. Uh, that's not a bad effort for a couple of backup goalies, is it? Well, yeah, <laughs> that's – I listen, the uh, – the, I mean, I, yes – Tongue-in-cheek, absolutely. Swayman and Allmark, we, we know about the tandem. Like They have started an equal amount of games, and Logan Thompson has certainly carried the lion's share of work with Aiden Hill out of the lineup. Right. And we, we know these two are 1Bs uh, and, one, well, 1As, if you will. Um, that was just an amazing effort. And, uh, you know, no matter what they say in the postgame, the number one star of the game was Logan Thompson. That's just the way it was. And uh, it, it doesn't really matter one way or the other, I suppose. Mm. But the, the point is, is will it stick? And um, I want to address, first of all, the play that was made in overtime because we took the, we took the puck into our offensive zone. First, we were the first team to do it. Mm-hmm. And Stone decided to skate all the way to the back of, the, of his own net. Mm-hmm. In a year or two, that may not even be allowed. Would you change the rule or now, or would you just leave it alone? Yeah, I mean, I, I want forward momentum. Like, And to be fair, like the Golden Knights were setting up to try to you know, rush up the ice. Like, I, I, I recognize the strategy, but I still want back-and-forth action in, in, in a three-on-three setting. It worked out. You're going to take the two points. Like, I'm going to say it's the greatest idea that the Golden Knights have ever had in this moment because it's still allowed, but I'd like to see at some point in time that strategy taken out of the game. Yeah, I think we saw a play that will not be. It will be an anachronism in a few years. Whatever. We won the game. We got two points. Poor Boston. You've got to at least feel a little bit for them. Three games in a row they've gone to OT and lost. And now they've lost eight in OT. Mike, no. No, I don't okay, have no, number one. I don't have to feel bad for Boston. You want to know why? Because okay. they pick up a standings point. Yeah, well, that's, that's three in a row, right? Three well, well, standings. That's what I'm saying. They've got they've got three losses, and they're a 500 hockey team in three losses, right? Like yeah. that's that goes to show you the how important it is to pick up something out of games when you're right there, when you're in the mix, and the Boston Bruins have done a great job at that. Well, and no question, they're happy that they got a point, but they're unhappy that they didn't get two out of at least one of these three, I suppose. Uh, well, I'll hang up and listen to you explain why you think this time it feels differently, because it, it doesn't yet for me. In other mm-hmm. words, I don't think we've proven anything yet tonight, and I want to hear your take on why we have, Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that, Mike. I, I will take that opportunity a little bit later on. I do want to get to more of the phone calls right now, but I will answer that question as to why I do or don't believe this is the start of something different for the Golden Knights. I'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ian? I'm good. So that game, when Logan Thompson made the save, after 
Cole Carter kind of rubbed it in front of the net. Like, yeah. they absolutely had to win that game for him. Like, it it was unquestionable. They had to win that game for LT. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think LT kind of helped himself out there too, right? Like, that was a... A phenomenal save on uh, on a Bruins player in tight on that misplay from Paul Cotter, and I think you can count what five, six really quality high end saves from Logan Thompson in this game. It was uh, a, a a game in which I I felt like goaltending didn't have to play a role because I was looking for the offense to kick in for the Golden Knights, but um, the offense did just enough. But the goaltending was phenomenal. Yeah, and this was another game that, not another game, but a game that definitely made me feel that they have re-embraced that next man up mentality. Um, Ron Bjerg was out there on the PK. Um, You know, we were missing Stone and Eichel for how long, and I didn't even notice that both Stone and Eichel had gone off until somebody else said it. Um, or my husband texted me or something, like, I, I didn't even realize it. And I went, oh, my gosh, they're both off. But, like, the play that the Knights were putting out there it wasn't so greatly affected by them not being there that I even noticed it until it was pointed out to me. Yeah, that's a great point, Stephanie. Thanks so much for the call. The Golden Knights simplified their game. When Jack Eichel went down, when Mark Stone went down in the second period, Vegas just simplified things. They put the puck in deep. They got to work down low on a forecheck, and it really allowed them to kind of tilt the ice back in their favor in the back half of that second period. I I thought that it was a situation where they played the way that they had to, and they did a great job digging in their heels and doing that. So a lot of credit to the Golden Knights, their players, in getting through that stretch without Eichel and Stone in this game. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Greg. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Good, Ryan. How are you? Can you hear me, brother? Yeah, I got you, bud. Yeah, happy belated New Year, by the way. We're in traffic between Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard, so we've been listening in. But uh, to answer your question as far as can the Knights build on this, I think they can with the following caveats. One, goaltending, which we saw a masterful, masterful performance on mm-hmm. both ends tonight. Two, got to stay out of the box. And three, we've got to work on the PP. PK's good. PP's not. We do those things, we should be good. Yeah, you know what, Greg, that's that's a, a great point and certainly uh, hitting on all the areas that have been kind of a struggle of late for the Golden Knights. Thanks so much for the call. Um, power play is interesting because there was a wrinkle that Bruce Cassidy threw on the, the man advantage for the Golden Knights. Alec Martinez was out with the top unit on the power play, and, and you know, I, I've seen a, a text come through on, on what that means or what I think it means. I think it means that Bruce Cassidy's looking for a one-time shot. Uh, when when Pete DeBoer was the coach of this team, Alec Martinez got some power play time, and he is not shy to let go a one-timer. It didn't materialize in this game tonight. However, I do think Martinez on the top unit gives you a secondary one-time threat beyond just Jack Eichel, and then hopefully that can open up lanes as you're you're hoping to just throw a little bit of a different wrinkle at the penalty killers. Now, that being said, um, I agree with you in that the power play can be better. I agree with you in that the power play needs to improve, but against the top three penalty kill in the league, and the top five power play in the league, the Golden Knights won the special teams battle. 
Like, it has been a while since the Golden Knights have done that, but they won the special teams battle against one of the best power play and penalty-killing teams in the league. I'm not going to lament the power play tonight. I'm going to hope that it kind of sparks them moving forward, and that's the way that I'm choosing to look at it. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Peter. Hey, Peter, how you doing? I'm great, Ryan. How are you doing? Good? I'm good. All right. Uh, this something you'd mentioned the night before to that the, the Golden Knights are are reducing the the goals against, mm-hmm. and it seems like tonight was a continuation of that reduction with with only one score. So that that's what I that's how I would answer your question. Are, are we back? You know, if we, if we held them to one goal tonight, uh, you know, we're trending in the right direction that way. Um, and speaking of Logan Thompson. He made an amazing save. I think it was in the first two minutes of the game. There was mm-hmm. there was just like there was a real high danger shot against him, and, and he caught it. And I just can't help that but think that you know just gave him confidence to just you know kick butt the rest of the game like he did. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the game was just a fantastic hockey game. It was just competitive hockey, back and forth, back and forth. Both teams are playing great. Mm-hmm. A few penalties. You know, and icing and offsides here and there, but just lots and lots of hockey back and forth. And then, you know, we know how the how regulation ended, but the, but the overtime, it's almost like we were taking kids from candy. Stone made when when uh, so we're we're back in our zone, and then Stone gets the puck and he makes this move to the left, and two of the defenders got in line with each other, and mm-hmm. Petrangelo seemed to see it. And it set up a two and one. So when Stone and Petra were coming in, it was two against one, and it was—it almost looked like—I don't know if they planned that play or if Petro just saw it developing and and they just put it in. But it was just like epic. Yeah, just epic. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the thanks for the call, Peter. Um, you're you're right on the money on a couple of different things. The the save that you're talking about for Logan Thompson was on David Pasternak. About a minute and a half, two minutes into the game, Pasternak is able to dance around Alex Petrangelo, but he can't outweigh Logan Thompson. That was a big glove save, big moment in the game, and Logan came up big for the Golden Knights, and, and I do think that it gave him confidence moving forward. Now, the the play in overtime, it's, uh, it's Mark Stone making a play in the neutral zone and getting Brad Marchand to kind of bite on a play, and then when he turns it around, all of a sudden you recognize that you've got a two-on-one option. Credit Alex Petrangelo for putting his, his head down, digging in deep, going hard to that back post. And when you watch this play back, the pass from Mark Stone is unbelievable. It is right between the legs of the defender. He adds the little ki- the little kick with the skate to kind of freeze Jeremy Swayman. Everything Mark Stone did on this play was perfect, and Alex Petrangelo put his stick down. He was hard on his stick, and he wins the game. Just phenomenal stuff from the Golden Knights in overtime. 702-876-1340 is the number. We have a line open right now. If you have never called in before, I want you to call in now and tell me what you what stood out to you tonight from the Vegas Golden Knights performance. We're back with more on the Extended Post Game Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. 
Send a post-game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 2-1 the final. The Golden Knights defeat the Boston Bruins. Vegas 24-13-5, 53 points on the year. Second in the Pacific Division, just six points back of the Vancouver Canucks. Next in action, Saturday, 7 o'clock inside T-Mobile Arena against the Calgary Flames. So Mike asked me a question. And by the way, 702-876-1340, that's the number you can text in. But rather than me sitting here reading a bunch of text messages... Why not just call in? Like, if you've got something to say, call in. Right? Like, let's talk about a big win for the Golden Knights. Mike asked the question, whether or not I believe, whether or not I think the Golden Knights are are back or that this is a win unlike what we saw against the, the Islanders or the Kings in which it's a building block. It's something that Vegas can kind of build from or jump off from as opposed to, you know, looking at the next couple of games as potential setbacks. And so I'm going to preface this by saying, and I think oftentimes we, we kind of lose sight of this. There are two teams on the ice every single night, the Vegas golden Knights and whoever their opponent is. And so you look at last night's game against Colorado. Some of the calls I got in the post game show is that the intensity is not there. The hitting is gone. The Golden Knights aren't playing to their identity, and, and that's that's fair. That's all true, right? Like, it was a game in which the Golden Knights didn't have anything going offensively. They had a couple of looks, but that was about it, and the energy just wasn't with them. Now, there's a, a lot of different reasons or factors as to why that might be the case, just as there are a lot of different reasons and factors as to why this team has struggled recently. However, when you look at tonight's game, It feels different for a number of reasons. The backbone of the Vegas Golden Knights is keeping the puck out of their own net. The backbone of this team, what they are built upon, is an ability to keep teams to under three goals, period. Full stop. That's what they do best. Like, you look at the Winnipeg Jets and the streak that they are on right now. They have held opponents to three or less goals in 31 straight games, and that's a big reason why the Winnipeg Jets are sitting atop the National Hockey League. Defense wins in the regular season, in the postseason. It wins championships. And I know that the Boston Bruins had some good looks because, again, you can't completely eliminate the opposition. It's impossible. You're not going to be able to play a perfect 60-minute game. It doesn't exist. But what you can do is you can get back to the identity that you are built to play to. And I think tonight the Golden Knights did that. Did they get big saves from their goaltender when they needed them? Absolutely. You want to know why that works for the Golden Knights? Because you need goaltenders to bail you out every now and again. When you're playing a team like the Boston Bruins that have the, the firepower of a David Pasternak and a Brad Marchand, You need, sometimes, your goaltender to bail you out. Just as you need, if you're a goalie, 18 block shots. Just like you need, if you are a team, a strong penalty kill coming through against the fifth best power play in the league. And just like sometimes you need a play or two to be made in order to win a hockey game. This was as close to the identity of the Golden Knights as we've seen in a long time. It was an opportunity for Vegas to defend and defend well, and they did. However, now it's about continuing that process along. Now it's about making sure that you have the same identity Saturday night 
here inside T-Mobile Arena against the Calgary Flames. It's important that you build not just the offensive game. It's important that the Golden Knights continue to find goals for sure. But if you can keep working in the right direction defensively, if you can look at the last six games for the Golden Knights and recognize that they have only allowed four goals one time in that span of six, whereas before it was happening regularly, then maybe, just maybe, the Golden Knights are ready to turn that corner. But it has to be continuity. It has to be continued night in and night out. And they have to play with the same level of intensity that they played with tonight. And they got to bring that for as close to 60 minutes as they can. I thought Ashley Weiss said it perfectly on the pregame show. You can't play a perfect 60 minutes. Because the other team on the other side of the rink, they have a say in that too. They can have good pockets too. It doesn't mean that you are... Throwing in the towel, it doesn't mean that you're not trying hard, and it doesn't mean that you don't want to win the game. It just means that there are two really good teams on the ice, and both teams are going to have their moments inside of a game. But the intensity level, you can control that. Bruce Cassidy spoke about it after the game. Do not beat yourself. I think for the, a little while, the Golden Knights were beating themselves. They certainly did not do that tonight, even when both Jack Eichel and Mark Stone went down with an injury. To me, that's resolve. That's facing adversity head-on, coming through the other side. That's something this team did so well last year, and we've been waiting to see this time around this year. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show. Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Golden Knights. Defeat the Boston Bruins 2-1 in overtime. Alex Petrangelo, the overtime winner. Vegas 24-13-5, 53 points on the year. Next in action Saturday, 7 o'clock against the Calgary Flames. This one, on the surface, looks a little bit more like what the Golden Knights identity is. However... Now the challenge, and we've been here after the L.A. game, we were here after the Islander game, bring it into the next one. Bring it into the next game Saturday night against the Calgary Flames. Golden Knights have four more here on the road before, uh, on, at home before four on the road ahead of the bye week in the All-Star break. Take advantage of this homestand. Show no mercy. Play to your identity. And it looks like the Golden Knights are on their way to doing just that. That's going to do it for us here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to James Davis down here, making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio, and thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your post game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Until Saturday, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the Extended Golden Knights Post Game Show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 13:40 a.m. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.